Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. I feel like there are so many different ways we could we could go with our conversation. You Having are, someone you are like, the master of this. <laughs> yeah, but interview, you know, so. it doesn't happen too often. I have in front of me someone with so much knowledge and experience. I've discussed with uh, Ivan Lubitsch just a couple of weeks ago is that um, we were kind of expected to retire at that age. I was 34, he was 34 as well. And he was judged as, oh, wow, they are so <laughs> old and they are still playing. It's almost embarrassing. But this is, uh, this is also changing. Mm, you know, it's it's generally, if you, take, if you take the attitude of the society to elderly people, you know. Well, Dushan... Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it's my it. Pleasure. <laughs> so here we are, January. It is um, beginning of a new year. First of all, how have you been, and how was 2020 for you? No, I mean not not so funny as for almost everybody. You know, this is entirely different situation. My wife was laughing with me when I was complaining that I have been not out of the country for quarter of three quarter of years, what has not happened for 30 years now. So that's uh, that's the, basically the fact. But uh, on the other hand, we stayed healthy and, you know, all those restrictions, we can survive them. But, you know, it's not funny, but, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because we are so similar traveling for, yeah, in your case, 30 years, myself, 20 years. It took a lot of adjustment, right? Not being able to go to the airport. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I had the feeling I just wanted to go to the airport, not even fly anywhere. A lot lot of dreams I had about this, you Mm. know, catching the plane and not being able to come on time and these kind of dreams. But, uh, you know, what uh, what can we do? Let's hope, you know, what's really... If I may say, pissing me off is this this anti-vaccination mm. campaign because I mean, you read you read the statements and you read the uh, you know the articles written by people having no idea about genetics, about what RNA and the DNA is, and and they they write uh, all the negative aspects which are entirely not true. They are, they are stupid. They are discouraging people, and that's what really I don't like. 
That's actually a very good point you make because um, with the uh, source of information we have these days, it's so easy to kind of get lost in what's true and what's not. What do you think it's a medicine for that against all those information circling around us? You mean it's a medicine in terms of public uh, mm, <laughs> relations exactly. and uh, advertisement because, you know, those people, they usually, they are very, very persuasive. I mean, they, they are good presenter. Uh, you know, doing mm. this kind of, uh, you know, videos and, and uh, writing these kind of articles. And uh, then really, as you say, I mean, there's no control. Anybody can post anything. And a lot of, lot of people, you know, they just accept it, you know. Mm. And they do not listen to, to scientific arguments. Uh, they, they just go their line. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, but you have many areas like this. Uh, now, I have to get some structure here because I feel like there are so many different ways we could we could go with our conversation. You, Having you are, someone you are like, the master of this, <laughs> yeah, of but this interview, you know, so. it doesn't happen too often. I have in front of me someone with so much knowledge and experience, and that's why I appreciate your time because uh, the topics I want to talk to you. Um, I believe in the world there is ha- hardly anyone that can match, um, you know, everything uh, you've studied, learned, and. Uh, that you have to share. So I'm going to go straight to the point that um, interests me the most. And that is what actually Andy Murray said a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, you know, wanting to come back stronger than ever physically at 34 after the surgery he has had. What's your opinion on that? I mean, I think the good news is that it's it's possible. It's perfectly possible because the, the age of 33, it's, it's not really something what would be like forbidding. Uh, especially, you know, when when he has uh, people around him using the most recent uh, knowledge uh, of uh, you know sports and coaching science, nutrition, uh, exercise uh, assessment, uh, you know rehabilitation, recovery. I mean, he still can can perfectly you know uh, be physically on the level, even on a higher level than he used to be. Uh, but, you know, there's a other, other side of the coin, you know, because of his uh, medical history. I mean, we can discuss it maybe later. Uh, that's uh, something what uh, should we probably also think about. We touched uh, upon that uh, before um, this chat, uh, that stubbornness that we all have as professional athletes that helps us to get the results we want, you know, trying to win no matter what. Where is that? borderline between, you know, pushing it as much as you can, but at the same time being concerned about your health, you know, one day when you retire and you go go away from the sport, how do you find that balance knowing what's the right thing to do? You know, this border varies very much. It depends mm. uh, maybe on performance level, but also on the, on the age. You know, I used to be an elite athlete as well, and I lived in this, in this society. And I, and I remember, you know, the mentality of, of Elliot athletes, you know. They, their prime interest is the results, I mean, performance, to be in limelights. And they do not think much about the health and consequences. Sometimes they are, they are willing to risk a lot. I remember, you know, when I was in 70s uh, as an active athlete, I mean, uh, there, was a, uh, there was a disco thrower from, from U.S. He was a world record hoarder at the time, Jay Sylvester, and he made a kind of personal review, anonymous. 
And among the questions he he asked the participants was one that uh, I mean, if there's a, some substance allowed, I mean, you are not supposed to be punished for that, but there's a, there's a risk of dying uh, within five years, uh, and that substance would guarantee you to to win the Olympics. I mean, it was almost seventy percent of people who responded yes. I mean, that describes the, the mentality of elite athlete. But of course, I think over the years, this is this is changing. You know, once the people are getting older, they they think more about you know what comes after the career, and uh, then they consider also the risk. But you know, the, the elite athletes at their prime, not not all of them, of course, but majority would tend you know, to neglect the possible risk, health risk, in order to, to excel, to be, as I said, in limelights. So what do you do as a professional athlete? You have this stubbornness of and willingness to do whatever it takes. How do you take that out of your system? Do you, you know, hire good psychologists? Is it mental? Is it accepting you know, or trying to see the other things in life, having right people around you? What's what's the way to get out of that mental state? I mean, it depends on on the individual. I mean, people mm. do everything. I mean, in your world, you see that sometimes the the top uh, tennis players. I mean, they change their diet habits. They they speak about it. It becomes very popular, or they do that or that. Uh, they hire psychologists. Some they refuse psychologists. I mean, it's very it's very individual. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, somebody puts a stress on good coach and I, I know that you like golf we, Do <laughs> we, I? <laughs> we, we spent some time together on golf course and uh, you know in golf it's it's very I would say prominent I mean you need a perfect coach in order to excel there's a Baba Watson very prominent mm. golf player he says once I will need a coach I will stop playing so they just you yeah. know illustrates the, the contrast in that. So people have different approaches. Uh, as, as I said, uh, it, it varies, you know. Um, on your personal level, uh, we talk about, uh, you know, when is the right time for an athlete to retire um, in your professional uh, sporting career? When did you know there was the time, okay, right, I'm ready to move on to something else? You know, this is, again, very individual. You know, when you mentioned uh, me personally, I mean, for me, the sport was just something what has accompanied me during my studies. And then, you know, I spent one year as a, as a professional athlete in the, in the military club, and then it was over. But, you know, the, today's athletes, most of them, they, they live on that. I mean, they're professionals. So the, the time to retire also depends on social issues, social factors, you know, when they mm. need to... To live on then they need to, you know, make money for the family, for whatever. I mean, that also plays, plays a role. But, you know, just from, I would say, biological point of view, I mean, the 30, 40 years, it's, it's still okay. I mean, you have a lot of cases of athletes. Uh, they, they can compete even after 40 in many sports. So it also depends on sport, you know, like in some sports, uh, they, they peak, you know, before 30, but in some sports, they, they can perfectly do after, after 30 years of, of age, be, be very successful. So, but uh, I think the probably most important thing is uh, 
whether they like it or not. Mm. You know, once they start to feel, I mean, this is this is boring. I mean, this is not bringing me any more in my life. Uh, that's probably the, the the point to think about. Uh, you probably not probably you surely have your own experience. I mean, you can remember, you know, the time when when you were faced with this situation to decide, okay, should I should I go on or should I. Uh, should I stop? So maybe I have to interview. What was your, <laughs> what was your, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, reason to to, to quit to, to stop? Yeah, well, despite like, I mean, you, you were still okay physically. I was. Yeah. Um, I th- it's a very good point and question. Uh, in my case, it was more about what I've discussed with uh, Ivan Lubitsch just a couple of weeks ago is that um, we were kind of expected to retire at that age. I was 34, he was 34 as well. And he was judged as, oh, wow, they are so <laughs> old and they are still playing. It's almost embarrassing. But this is, uh, this is also changing. You mm, know? It, it's generally, if you, take, if you take the attitude of, of the society to elderly people, you know, I remember when I was young, a 60 years old person was, was really very old. I mean, nowadays... I mean, maybe 90, 90 years old or, or even more. So generally, as the, as the life expectancy is increasing, I think in the same way also this sports life expectancy uh, is, is increasing quite, quite naturally. Why is that? Because we, you know, we live uh, healthier lives. So uh, we know we have more be- we have about better, nutrition. We have, not only that, that's just a part of it. Uh, we we know uh, you know more about you know the medicine has progressed you know a lot of uh, problems a lot of diseases uh, nowadays can be prevented can be treated more efficiently so this is this is the factor which uh, which really extends this uh, this uh, span you know for for active career in the same way as uh, as this increased span for the for the longevity so what do we know about recovery that we didn't know 20 years ago? Because to me, one of the reasons that forced me to stop was that, you know, I could play two, three very good matches. After that, I just, I did not, I did not perform the way I wanted to because the recovery was just not there. You know, the, uh, I think the, the more important is, is the prevention, you know, that nowadays the, the, uh, the coaches, the conditional coaches' preparation is, is much better. You know, we uh, they they can work the, in a way. You know, to prepare the athlete to, to be to be better prepared to prevent injuries and so on. And then also the, during the, the recovery. Nowadays, we know that there are some approaches uh, when the recovery can be can be fostered by appropriate timing of. Uh, Taking appropriate nutrition, maybe some some allowed su- supplements. Uh, so also this, and also nowadays we have some uh, we have some methods uh, which allows us to monitor the recovery mm-hmm. to some extent. You know, we can we can measure some some metabolites. We can measure some enzymes uh, in the blood which uh, reflects the process of recovery. And uh, also, there are methods to evaluate the the actual uh, state of the sympathetic nervous system, which also plays a role in in recovery. And uh, in that way, you know, we can dose better the the you know the training load, and uh, that's what uh, also contributes to this factor. The athletes can so to say live live longer. And like you said, this doesn't go only for professional athletes, but for 
uh, life for, in general. Even for general, general population. You know. So basically when someone tells me they're 60 and they say, oh, I'm too old to exercise, that's just an excuse. That's, that's a stupid uh, <laughs> argument. Thank you. Thank you. It's I'm never, so glad you're saying that. You know, uh, that would be a different, uh, you know, area of, of uh, to discuss, which uh, I like very much uh, uh, these days. I mean, like uh, sport and aging. This is, uh, this is the best preventive uh, means uh, the elderly people can do to, you know, to, to enjoy the, the life in, in this, what they say, autumn of the, <laughs> autumn of the life. Well, let's go deeper into that because it's one of the reasons um, that uh, I love so much what you do is that you, you know, pushing the limits to what means being old so much more away. And I want to hear it from you to everyone listening that is maybe a little bit older. Um, what are some of the, I wouldn't say... Uh, um, things we make up in the mind, um, but some of the things that, you know, like you said, they're just stupid, that th there is no real reason why people, you know, beyond 70 shouldn't be in their best shape. You know, one of the uh, most uh, frequent uh, fallacy about aging and exercise... Fallacy was the word I was looking for, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is, the, is the refusing of, of resistance training. You know, I remember when I was at the medical school, they, they told us, uh, okay, uh, aerobic exercise is fine. You can walk, you can cycle and so on. But, I mean, when you are more than like 40, I mean, don't touch the, don't touch the, the barbell or, the, or, you know, the weights. And nowadays we know this is the crucial part of the exercise program for elderly. Because you know, as we are getting older, we are losing the strength, sometimes to the point that people starts to be dependent on on somebody else because they have so low strength that they cannot take care of themselves. And in order to avoid it, in order to make the life more comfortable, if you train appropriately resistance, and it can be done in a very safe way, I mean, the elderly people can enjoy the life. The quality of life is, there's no difference, you know. I mean, there's extreme big difference between somebody who is just sitting and, and, and waiting for the life to end or somebody who can enjoy the life until you know very last day of his of his life so on the ratio between weights and the endurance say on a weekly base first of all how often you suggest for the elderly people to work out and how much of that should consistent uh weights and the aerobic stuff as well you know in aerobic exercise we recommend to be done almost every day 45 minutes, would you say? Yeah, something yep. like that. But okay, it can be three times, four times, five times. Uh, it depends. But uh, the resistance training is, is kind of specific. I mean, they shouldn't be more than, than twice twice a week because uh, all <coughs> elderly people, they need more time to recover. And uh, it doesn't bring much, uh, much more benefit if you do it like three or four times. Because as I said, recovery uh, is, is a bit slowed down in elderly people. And uh, that's why... And the two times a week is is, is uh, the best approach. And that is still okay with the risk that we talked about earlier of air. Um, I love that example you said about the aeroplane, that there is a certain mileage in every plane, and I would say the same goes to our body. Where is that acceptance mm -hmm. again, not pushing it too much and accepting you know, the age in a way a little bit, I guess? I mean, you know, that... Uh, Example of, of airplane, it's not a question of mileage, 
it's more a question of, uh, of the, the uh, mechanic cycle. You know, when the plane goes up, there's overpressure inside and uh, there's, a, there's a stress on, on the walls. And this, you know, this is a kind of cycle. Then the plane goes down and the stress disappears. So the, these stress cycles are limited to 30,000. You know, after 30,000 landings and, and taking off, the plane should be taken out because the risk of failure of the, of the material is, is very high. So this relates more to... Uh, professional athletes. Not only to professional athletes, but, you know, the, the activity with some, let's say, hip, hip replacement. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you use some, some external material sure. in, in the body, then people should consider that, that this, is, this is a factor, that this is, even if it's a kind of uh, very special, <coughs> very special steel or, you know, titanium, it still has some kind of mechanical limits in terms of cycles. And in this case, the cycles are impacts. So when you, when you, do, when you live a normal, normal life, daily life activities uh, or exercise in a moderate amount, it's, it's still fine. And you can live with this, let's say, prosthesis for 30, 40 years. But if somebody, you know, after hip replacement, for instance, is doing heavy exercise, is doing too much, then, of course, the, the lifespan of that material is, is uh, shorter and uh, then it's very likely that he would need a revision surgery. And, and it's, again, you know, it's connected with some kind of risk and complications. So, so this is uh, this is uh, the fact about this this uh, you know artificial material. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, the the healthy human tissue, like you know bone, is still the best material. Mm. We haven't we haven't created better material yet in terms of of durability. It's it's really a kind of miracle of nature. So it takes us back to that Andy-Mari uh, discussion that we had earlier on. So basically, when there is uh, artificial part in our body, we have to respect more. You know, I was uh, I was impressed by by your interview with with Andy-Mari. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, the first part was something what we had discussed at the beginning of this interview that uh, he's probably still in the mood to be you know, <laughs> elite athlete, and he'd like to be back in limelights and to win and so on. I don't know all the social aspects. I mean, I, I suppose he probably uh, would be socially well backed up, not be pushed to do that. I don't know. Uh, but he still wants. He mm. still wants to excel. But, you know, on the other hand, uh, probably he would have to think about it. I'm sure that uh, the uh, the you know, the people working with him on, uh, you know, the, the medical doctors, I mean, taking care of him, th there must be somebody, you know, giving him the, I mean, as, as we say, uh, put the, the, the clear wine, you know, to, to tell him that it's, it's also some risk involved if he wants to come back to, to compete at the highest level. Mm, but you know he still he still wants to to do it now that's uh, his decision you know in medicine nothing is black and white mm -hmm. he might be fine but i mean as i mentioned you know these cycles yep. he has he's received the uh, only the resurfacing that's i would say i would say very mild uh, uh, 
modification of this hip replacement. Most of the structures were, you know, left there, and, and uh, but still, you know, these materials, they have some durability, and uh, that can be not, not very funny for him. So I don't want, you know, to prophesy that, as some people say, he may end up in the wheelchair and so on. I mean, I don't wish, <laughs> I wish him all the best. And uh, maybe it's, it's not that bad, but, you know, he probably would need reoperation, uh, which uh, in other cases, if he just lived the normal life, can be avoided. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't know. It's, you know, medicine is, is usually, you know, to play with arts. I mean, this kind of, there's no black and white answer. Yeah, it's amazing to compare the, the, the worlds of the medicine and the facts and what makes sense. And then you have that athlete mind where you just can't help yourself if there is 0.001% that you are capable of still, mm-hmm. you know, playing. You, you're going to do everything, especially in someone's case like Andy with his mind. You mm-hmm. know, whenever he got told that it's impossible, he he wants to prove everyone wrong. wrong. And to me, it's so admirable. But at the same time, you got to respect the nature. I don't think it, I mean, he wants to prove everybody is wrong. I think he must be, he must be aware of those risks. And, you know, if he, if he will be without troubles, as I said, it's still possible. Okay, that's, that's not the proof that this is not correct. He was just the lucky one. I mm. wish him he will be, you know, that case. But, I mean, you play with, with some, some risks. And, you know, this attitude uh, to, like performance and health, what we have discussed at the beginning, you touched just just recently. It's also interesting. I tell you my professional life, and now I'm not speaking about the, the athlete's life because I mean I switch from like elite athletes to recreation athlete career, and I'm active for for you know I don't know 60 years or whatever. Uh, but uh, my professional life is is a sports physician. I tell you at the beginning of my career, my prime interest was, I mean, performance, you know, to, you know, to use all my knowledge and all the recent advances, you know, to help the athletes to, to excel, to, you know, to achieve better performance. And I tell you honestly, as I'm getting older, more and more, I'm, you know, going away of this concept to the philosophy, you know, how to use exercise to make the life of people healthier and, mm-hmm. and uh, not that much performance in, in, in my, you know, prime, as my prime goal. But on the other hand, you know, when we speak about performance, uh, it's, still, it's still there because even in elderly people, we want to improve the, you know, so to say, performance capacity, but not to the highest level. But if you improve the physical fitness of elderly people, I mean, it gives him a chance to to have a more comfortable life. That's a very good point you make and something that interests me personally that I struggled with when I retired. Because like you said, all our life as an athlete, it's focused on that performance. And suddenly I don't have that goal. So you go to the other extreme, like, well, why should I take care of myself physically. And I'm sure 99% of retired athletes go through that emotion at some stage. It's like, right, I don't need my body anymore to perform. So 
what the he, hell? <laughs> but he needs he needs the body, you know, to live the healthy life for the you know the years, for the years to come. You know, I tell you some something what uh, people usually don't know, and even my my colleagues do not uh, do not consider. The most important factor of, of mortality in uh, you know in the middle and, and elderly population is a physical fitness. It's not whether somebody is. Uh, has a uh, has a higher weight, uh, or he's a higher cholesterol, or he's hypertonic, or whatever. He's, uh, <clears throat> but his level of physical fitness, his VO2 max, we call it maximal oxygen uptake, it gives you uh, actually the capability to to walk faster. You know, when somebody walks the stair and he's catching the breath, it means he has a low physical fitness. So there's a good measure of, of physical fitness. And more than 40 years follow-up study from, from Cooper Institute for, for Aerobic Research showed that uh, how long we are going to live, it depends on the level of physical fitness. Again, it's statistics. There's no guarantee. Wow. So, And then it's paradox because when the people in the middle age or elderly people go for medical checkups, what... Uh, what the physician does. I mean, he measures the blood pressure, cholesterol. I mean, he's taking the body mass index, whether he's obese or not, and a and lot of other factors. And why, why they are doing that? They want to do what we call the risk reduction therapy. He wants to reduce his blood uh, pressure because we know it's a risk factor. It's, it's shortening the life, lifespan. But stronger is the physical fitness. Nobody takes care. I mean, nobody. Some people who knows and have money to pay for that, they do it. But routinely, it's not done. So would you say the older we get, you know, we have our career, our relationship, and just from what I'm learning here, would you say the physical fitness is one of the biggest privileges we can have going forward in our lives to that, the later stages. That's perfect. That can be mm. excellent heritage uh, of your professional mm. career. As you said, you suddenly uh, stop uh, playing competitively and then you, or somebody thinks about me, why should I be physically fit? I don't need it. I mean, he needs it. He needs it, for, first of all, to live longer and to live a life which has a higher quality. Because, you know, if you if somebody cannot walk the stairs mm. or he, can, he cannot bring the, the shopping bag, uh, you know, the old lady cannot bring the shopping bag uh, from the grocery store back home, I mean, it's affecting his quality of life. And if you are able, you know, to be on a higher level of, of uh, aerobic fitness, of uh, strength, and you can maintain it, you know, from the, your career throughout mm. the rest of your life, that gives you a chance to have a more mm. comfortable, more more healthy life, to enjoy the life more. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's a, there's this famous saying of Abraham Lincoln that it's not, uh, you know, how long we live. I mean, not adding the years to life, but life to years. I mean, it's, mm. that's the issue, you know, whether yeah. just, you know, to, to be in a, in a senior nursery home to, you know, to wait for the for the life to end, that's not very funny. But yeah. I mean, if you if you can still, I mean, I have a lot of friends. They 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 play golf. They play tennis at the age of over eighty. Mm. Why? I mean, that's also my goal. You know, 
Yeah, I remember I was buying for my grandmother, who was my first tennis coach, uh, as a gift for her 80th birthday. We were getting her new skis. And to me, it was like, right, <laughs> what more? Yeah. So she gave me such an incredible uh, example. It, it, it gives you also a good good hope that mm. you have a good genes and yeah. that you can just just follow, you know, the example of his grandfather. I remember my grandfather was 95. Wow. And uh, his main complaint was that he cannot cut the woods, you know, himself. <laughs> mm. And then we had a shot of sleeve of his, he cannot stand it, he has to use the tea right after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the right reasons, right, <laughs> so to that, be in shape. <laughs> so, I mean, I would, be quite, I would be quite, you know, happy, but, you know, you never know. That's just a that's kind of anecdote. Well, I'm I'm really glad you you brought this up because uh, one of the things I I really got surprised and I didn't even know how to react first was when I retired. Obviously, I had a little bit of that glimpse of right, why should I be doing it? But then, luckily, I understood right away. Okay, I want to be healthy. I want to do this for myself. And people would see me, especially here in Slovakia, in the gym, and they would be like, "Why are you working out?" I'm like. Uh, why not? You know, I, I didn't even know how to answer that. Of course, then maybe they were shocked because I think one of the things we might do differently retiring from professional sports is that our workouts are maybe on a little bit different level to 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 to, to a normal workout. But still, there was no that, you know, twice a day tennis session as well. So I felt like I was on holiday. <laughs> you know, but they, they forget about one one issue and that's that's the joy. I mean, you like it. I like it. I that's really That's <laughs> why you keep uh, doing that. I mean, that's uh, for some people this is something not not yeah. uh, easy to understand. Mm. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's ideal combination. If you mm. like it, if you if you enjoy it and then you see okay, it's also good for health. I also know the cases those are usually patients, you know, when they got the warning, you know. They they got myocardial infarction mm -hmm. and uh, and then they are told, okay, I mean you have to do that and that if you want to live longer or if you want to live that life which is still ahead of you uh, as a normal person, not not as a disabled uh, person, then they they do exercise but uh, a lot of them they don't like it. Mm. They do it. Okay, that's still better than to do nothing, but the idea is if you if you like it, if you enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it for me, I tell you honestly, it would be the greatest punishment. I was just if I say. cannot if I cannot exercise. Yeah, I, I I was just gonna ask you like I don't know how it is for you, but f well, it's obvious it's the same. If I cannot work out to three days, I go nuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think we are very very lucky and and blessed uh, in that way. So on personal level, what's your weekly routine uh, as far as fitness, nutrition? How do you keep in shape? Uh, I, you know, I used to I used to run for 30 years. I mean, it was a kind of paradox because I was a shot putter. Mm. Then I lost 20 kilos, and within one year after finishing my career, I ran marathon in Košice. Wow! You know, I received the calls from my colleagues, you know, former colleagues, that what a what a shame, because you know, for shot putter to run two laps just to warm up was already <laughs> yeah. something. I remember I had colleagues. Then in order to avoid the warming up, uh, you know, running, they just do, took the tea and aspirin, you know, too. <laughs> okay, so that's how much <laughs> you have enjoyed running. It's on a funny <laughs> note. But, uh, uh, you know, then, then I, then I run uh, 
for 30 years, but uh, as I as I start to feel that, uh, you know, my joint, that I have joints, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided it's probably better, you know, that I, I switch to, to cycling. So now for more than 10 years, you know, I'm cycling every day to my office. It's uh, more than an hour, one hour, 20 minutes both ways. Uh, every day I go to gym two, three times a week. And... Uh, Every time I can, uh, you know, I, I go and enjoy golfing. Uh, that's uh, that's basically my exercise routine. And uh, uh, concerning the the nutrition, you know, I used to be vegetarian for for many many years. Uh, recent years, I'm not so strong, but uh, actually, it's more like uh, if it's not avo- unavoidable, then then I, I eat something. It's not a religion. It's just you know the approach to healthy. Way, way of life, but it's not possession. It's it's not like uh, an obsession. Not possession. It's not obsession for me. I mean, occasionally, of course, you can, you can, you can do a sin. It's always better if there's somebody else to do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It gives you a better feeling. <laughs> totally. Uh, Dushan, I feel like we could go on for hours. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this chat. So maybe at some point, uh, if our listeners are interested. Uh, you know, we might do a second I'm always, part I'm of this. I'm always open, you know, to, so, uh, to it was, discuss these issues. It was uh, really uh, super interesting to, to listen to your um, ideas and opinions on things. Uh, just lastly, I'm going to ask you, since we are in January, and normally it's all about resolutions, what do you think about that? Or is it something we should, it's better to keep up during the year and not, you know, focus so much about what we're going to do in January and then go away from it? Uh, by by the time February comes, and why is it sometimes hard to keep that discipline that we set up goals <laughs> and then we kind of go away from it? I think you better ask my wife. You know, she's psychologist, <laughs> or my daughter. She's well, psychologist hopefully. as well. Uh, because I mean, I think you know those statistics that people usually, you know, the gyms are full in January, February. You know, people, that's why I'm asking the question. People, <laughs> people are. You know, giving themselves, you know, uh, some kind of task and making decisions. I think it's not, uh, it's not like that. I mean, you have to, you have to change your way of life if, you know, somebody is thinking about that anytime, and and try to keep on that. You know, it's not, uh, it's not a campaign. You know, it's like sometimes you see the people, uh, they they are on diet for like two or three weeks, and you know then. Then they go to reward themselves, you know, to mm. you know, the, to take some, you know, sweets in the shop or whatever, and then they have this yo-yo effect because, of course, if you are on, on the strict diet, then your metabolism slows down, and then once you go back to normal, normal, you know, eating habits, then it goes back very fast, mm. even above the level. So that's not a really good approach. So you know, the 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 healthy way of life, it's not a kind of campaign. Mm. I don't like this uh, this kind of special cures. Uh, I don't know, like cleaning. I don't know exactly English word for that. You know, some people are on on special like detoxification. So that's funny. I always ask them, what are you getting rid of? What kind of toxins can you specify? Mm-hmm. They're usually not able to tell. You know, this is also not a good approach. We have to be modest all all your all your life, and then 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 okay, occasionally you can, as I said. But it's not like now I'm. The best is some some people go for for uh, this uh, 
they go on uh, to separation on a mountain cottage for like uh, uh, three, four weeks, and they are hung hungry, <laughs> cool, or I don't know how, how should they call it. You know, they are they are kept on a very strict strict diet. So I'm laughing. I mean, you have to pay a lot of money, you know, to enjoy, you know, to <laughs> you being hungry. You pay a lot of money to be hungry. <laughs> so that's what I don't understand. But you know, people, it, it's funny, you know, because people sometimes uh, they feel that uh, they do something wrong and they they need uh, they need kind of uh, punishment. Mm. So they, they they buy again. I don't know the English word. I mean, the, in the, in the past, when somebody committed a sin. Then he could buy something what uh, what yeah. what released uh, did that sin, so some something like that uh, yeah. you you can uh, see you know these days, and uh, the punishment can be either this kind of or or they they pay a lot of money for some stupid miracle you yeah. know substance which is promising them you know to to lose the weight or to be healthy whatever, and more expensive more likely they buy because there's a kind of punishment yeah. for them. They feel, I mean, if, mm. if something cheap, that's not, that's not enough. There's something <laughs> not right about it. Yeah. Okay, that's more like a philosophical, you know, talks, uh, not philosophical, just, you know. But that's, that's the way mm. the people behave. I think definitely that's going to be the sentence of my 2021 on my mind that you just shared with us, that it's not a campaign. That's a very strong one. So, Dushan, thank you so much for your time. And I really genuinely hope that uh, we get to have you on our podcast very soon again. Daniel, it would be my great pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I hope even before we meet at the golf course. <laughs> yes, definitely so. <laughs> That's the plan. To enjoy the round. <laughs> thank okay. you so much. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and getting to know my guest a bit better. If you feel like it, do subscribe to us so you don't miss any of the action. Also, let me know your comments or suggestions on my social media channels and have a lovely rest of your day. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.